Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible. Signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Welcome to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Now for your host, Dan Mater. Welcome MD Nation to the MD's Fantasy Football Show Week 1 Preview Part 1. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater, and I'm so excited with you guys here today. It has been a week since I've gotten to talk to you, but I was able to accomplish what I wanted to accomplish in that time. First of all, took a little break for the holiday weekend. I hope everyone enjoyed their Labor Day. But on top of all that, I was able to get the week one preview rankings and projections up on the website. So if you go to www.mdffshow.com, you will be able to use the MDFF Show rankings and projections to be able able to help with your teams, your start-sit decisions, your waiver wire pickups, guys who might be more valuable than you thought, my rank, my top ranking for top 24, it is all going to be right there for you on the website, so make sure you go ahead and check that out because it will be vital in helping you set your lineups in order to help you win a championship and win week to week. That is what the show is all about, and I am doing everything I can to help you with it, and it is up, it is going, this will be the first year that we are doing it, and I'm so excited to be able to be able to provide you that information today. Now, 
On top of all that, make sure you're following me on Twitter at MDSFFshow because there's lots of news and notifications coming out on a 24-7 basis now that we are actually into the season, now that it actually has started. Injury news already that we are going to talk about in today's episode and in tomorrow's episode, which will be the week one preview part two. Now, what's the difference between the two? Well, today we are going to be previewing the Thursday night game and then we'll be previewing the one o'clock games as well. Tomorrow... We will preview the 4 o'clock, the Sunday night, and the Monday night games. Both episodes today and tomorrow will have a mailbag segment, start sick questions is what I usually call the segment. There at the end, so I'll be able to get to you guys and all of your questions. But remember, even if I don't get to your questions on the show, make sure you contact me through Twitter or through Facebook at MDFFshow or through my email on the website. If you go to the contact us, you can send me a direct email with your question there too. And you might be eligible to be put on the show if I think it's a good question that I'll a lot of people may have this particular week. We have a lot to get to today, as you could suspect. We have a big latest news that we have to talk about because I wasn't here on Monday. So we have to talk about all the things that happened over the weekend, all the roster changes, what my fantasy perspective is on those players that have changed. And we're going to be able to do all of that in today's episode as well. And at the end of the show, I have a special announcement for you guys of something else I'm going to be doing for you as well that you'll be able to go and check out. So make sure you listen all the way through the show. You're not going to want to miss a thing. So we're going to go ahead. We're going to drop the latest news segment, get right into it because we have a ton of content to get to in today's show, meaningful fantasy football content. So let's go ahead and get this thing started. Latest news. So, of course, let's just start off with the biggest news of the week, which is Ezekiel Elliott becomes the richest running back in NFL history, signing a six-year, $90 million deal to add on to his already existing two-year contract, putting him over $100 million in total with $50 million guaranteed. Now, this is awesome for fantasy owners because if you drafted Ezekiel Elliott, hoping, praying, listening to the show, and making sure you still drafted him in the top four, and you're waiting for this moment, it finally came. I told you it was going to happen week one. Now, it happened a little bit later than I was hoping for, but I did say all the whole time I was very confident Ezekiel Elliott would be there for week one. And there should be no limitations on him going into the game against the Giants this particular week. So I'm not going to worry about as far as him trying to get back up the snuff or back in the game shape. Ezekiel Elliott will be expected and ready to go and getting his 20 to 25 touches this week. So you can go ahead and plug him in as your RB1 that you drafted him to be and, you know, before this holdout situation, Ezekiel Elliott was my number one running back, number one player overall heading into this season in almost every scoring format, whether it be standard half point or full point PPR. So Ezekiel Elliott's going to be ready to go. Now, in other news, Melvin Gordon on the flip side, a little more tricky in that situation. I think he was hoping that he was going to be able to get a deal done as far as a trade, and that did not wind up being the case. The only team that has any preliminary talks going on or had gone on with the Chargers was the Eagles. And frankly, they offered him an offer that the Chargers were definitely not going to agree to in the first place just to try to gauge exactly what they're looking for and where they're at on Melvin Gordon. Now, I know there's going to be a lot of talk because everyone's still scarred from the Le'Veon Bell situation and that he technically does not have to report until week 10 in order to accrue his season and be able to be eligible for free agency next year. And that will, in fact, have to happen. Remember, the difference between Melvin Gordon and Le'Veon Bell is that Le'Veon Bell was technically not under contract because he never 
never signed his franchise tag last season. Melvin Gordon, on the other hand, is under contract, so he has to come back at some point. Now, if he does not come back until week 10, that is going to be a devastating blow to a lot of fantasy owners, especially if you drafted earlier in August, thinking that you were getting Melvin Gordon for a steal in the third round. I had did the same thing in quite a few of my leagues. Now, I'm not sweating that because, one, you can get alternatives in order to play Melvin Gordon if you took him in the third round. It's a likely scenario that he was going to be your RB2 this year anyway, and you're not necessarily leaning on him to have to be one of the fundamental core pieces of your team. Now, yes, he you would like him to be. Yes, he would probably take your team over the top, but it shouldn't kill you being that this entire time throughout the month of August, we knew this holdout was a possibility, and his ADP was back in the third round as such, and a lot of people took him even later than that. So I don't think Melvin Gordon, if you did take him earlier on, take him in the third round or so, I don't think he's going to wind up hurting or killing your team in any kind of way. You're just going to have to be vigilant in what you do. Hopefully you drafted well. Play the waiver wire consistently, but do not give up on Melvin Gordon. I would not be, if you're a Melvin Gordon owner, I am not shipping him out right away. I am not trying to trade him for any kind of value that I can possibly get. I am holding on to Melvin Gordon. Hopefully you play in a league that does utilize IR spots. So after today or tomorrow, I expect him to be listed as out instead of questionable on most fantasy football platform that you play on and therefore you'll be able to put him on the IR and just pick up an extra roster spot and just kind of leave him there but leave him there I do not believe Melvin Gordon will go all the way to week 10 and the reason I don't believe that is because the sources coming from inside Gordon's camp seem to suggest that he does want to return and start playing football again sooner rather than later even if it means he doesn't necessarily get the contract that he was looking for. Now, like I said, I think he's definitely going to be out this week, and we'll have to play this game again, of course, weekly until he does come back. I think he was holding out hope that he could get traded. I think the lack of response from teams to actually engage the Chargers on those trades may open his eyes to the fact that, that may not be as much of a possibility as he once hoped for. But remember, this is a player who has not gotten paid a ton of money thus far uh, throughout his career. So those missing those game checks could affect him and make him want to come back and play sooner rather than later. If I were to put an estimation on it just from what I can, you know, from what I can gather from inside Gordon Camp, because, you know, from the Chargers side of things, it's pretty much at this point, you either play on your current contract or you don't play at all. What if I can gather from the Gordon side? I am led to believe that he may miss the month of September, but I do think he will be back before that week 10 mark. I think you will have at least half the season out of Melvin Gordon. And if you have him, as long as you have him for the second half of the year, that may be all you need in order to make your playoff and championship run. So don't panic on Melvin Gordon. Don't ship him out just yet. We'll revisit this. I mean, we'll keep you updated on it, of course, weekly. But, you know, when we get past September, then we'll start talking about what can you possibly trade for Melvin Gordon, a team who maybe thinks they're in position after a good start to want to get that extra piece to try to put them over the top of the championship, and maybe you can take advantage of them in trades. But we'll talk about that aspect of it then. Until then, do not move on from Melvin Gordon. Keep him on your bench. Keep him on your IR spot. You're going to be okay. You can survive without him for now. 
In other latest news, we had a lot of we had a lot of stuff going on between the cuts over the weekend. There was trades. Part of that was LaShawn McCoy for the Chiefs because part of that was Carlos Hyde to the Texans. So let's first start with the trade to Carlos Hyde to the Texans. Uh, Texans made a flurry of pretty good moves, especially offensively for fantasy football purposes. I like Carlos Hyde. It does not really hurt Duke Johnson that much to me. Look, I don't think there was ever a situation where Duke Johnson was going to be the bell cow. Uh, he's just not built that way. He hasn't had that experience. And I don't think Bill O'Brien was ever not going to add somebody to this backfield. The fact that it's Carlos Hyde means that Duke Johnson will continue his passing role, first and foremost. And because it's Carlos Hyde, who has been pretty much on the downswing as of late, uh, there's a really good chance that Duke Johnson is going to be the starter and still get the majority of the carries as well. Will it be maybe a 60-40, 55-45 split as far as actually rushing the football? Yeah, maybe, but Duke Johnson should be getting about a 70% at least share of the passing down work, which will still put him in that low-end RB2, high-end RB3 territory. So I'm not going to worry about Duke Johnson too much. And we're going to talk about that game uh, more tomorrow as that game is in the 4 o'clock game this week. Uh, so I'm not going to worry about Duke Johnson too much there. I do want to pick up Carlos Hyde. He is somebody who's going to have some value. Like I said, Duke Johnson has not proven to be a starter, a majority shareholder uh, at any point in his career. So maybe he breaks down in injuries. Carlos Hyde's definitely going to be a valuable handcuff. And really, even if you don't have Duke Johnson, a valuable player to have on the on the back of your bench, just just to have for now. If you if you have the ability to stash somebody, maybe you have Melvin Gordon, you can move him to the IR, you can pick up Carlos Hyde. That's going to be a move you're going to want to try to make. That and then on top of that, because of that trade, we had LaShawn McCoy. LaShawn McCoy goes to the Chiefs. I love this move for LaShawn McCoy. If you're a Damien Williams owner, I would be even more worried than I was when I was hyping up the fact that I thought Carlos Hyde might get some carries because I do not believe in Damien Williams as a runner on a consistent week-in, week-out basis carrying a load. I don't. There's, he has more of a proven track record of not being efficient than being efficient in his little game spree towards the end of last season with the Chiefs. Now, will Damian Williams still hold on to his passing down work? Yeah, probably. But LaShawn McCoy is very good at catching the ball, too. And I think while week one, this will be the Damian Williams show this week because LaShawn McCoy just got in, I don't think it will be long before it's a 50-50 split. And then from there, it's going to be whoever has the hot hand. I do not believe that LaShawn McCoy is done like some people do. I've watched him in the preseason. I've watched him in training camp. He still has his burst. He has not lost a step as much as everyone thinks. Not at all. He still showed quick bursts. He still showed the ability to have a big run in the preseason. He still showed that he has his jump cut and he's able to gash. And with that offense and the Kansas City Chiefs, you get a motivated LaShawn McCoy, which we have not seen in years, being that he's been stuck up in Buffalo and a non-contender there. And he's in a situation where he's never going to see more than six guys in the box. LaShawn McCoy, who has not lost as much of a step as everybody wants to make him out to be, who is a savvy veteran running back, who is very good, putting in a great opportunity I think he is better than Damian Williams right now. I think he will take over that job at some point. And let's not all forget that Andy Reid, when given the opportunity, will ride one guy predominantly. So I think it's just a matter of time before LaShawn McCoy takes over this job. So all of a sudden, LaShawn McCoy has back-end season potential. To really, He's in a situation where he could be a league winner. Damian Williams won't go away altogether. Like I said, I do expect him to have some kind of role in the passing game, but I wouldn't be surprised if McCoy's the majority uh, carrier and then the passing game winds up being more of a 50-50 split because remember, McCoy can catch the ball as well. 
That wraps up our latest news segment for today. We'll have more for you guys again tomorrow. Um, We're going to take a quick break right here, come back on the other side, and we're going to get into the actual preview of a football game starting with the Thursday night game between the Bears and the Packers here after the break. The MD's Fantasy Football Show is proud to become the newest member of the Belly Up Sports Network. The Belly Up Sports Network is a rising star in the sports industry. After having emerged onto the scene in just a year, they have accrued a massive following with bold articles, standout podcasts, and great debate amongst followers in the forums. Sign up for their newsletter and get access to all of the information throughout the Belly Up Sports Network. Go to bellyupsports.com today to join. Be bold and stand out. The great thing about the Thursday night game tonight is that it's a game in which there are going to be a lot of fantasy scorers to talk about here. So it's a great way to kick off the NFL season. You got the Packers who have, of course, Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams and Jimmy Graham, who's a stasher sleeper on a lot of guys' boards. And they have Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Geronimo Allison that a lot of people picked up. So on the Packers side of the ball, of course, you know, there's not much to talk about when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. You're playing him. You're taught you're you're playing Aaron Jones. You're playing Devontae Adams. Those go all without even saying. I think the only question you're gonna have is Aaron Jones against the Bears. It's a tough matchup. The Bears have been historically very good against the run. And, you know, he's not gonna have the greatest of ceilings this particular week, but he will still be a solid RB2 for you this year. And plus This will be the first chance that we get to see the new Matt LaFleur offense with the Green Bay Packers. So there's going to be things to see. There's going to be question marks to be answered going into this game. But not a ton of question marks as far as who you're playing and what their upside is. We know Rodgers is a QB1. We know Devontae Adams is a wide receiver one. I think the real question is, are you in a situation where you need to play Marquez Valdez-Scaling or Geronimo Allison this particular week? Now, unless you're in a deeper league... I can't really see a scenario where you have to play one of these guys this week, but on the off chance that you do, or the off chance you're listening to the show and you are in a 14-16 team league where this might be an opportunity, a lot of teams have both of these guys. So which one would you play? Well, here's the thing. So I think this comes down to what kind of scoring format do you have? Do you have a standard? Do you have a half point? Do you have a full point PPR? Because at the end of the day, I believe that's what's going to dictate exactly who you want to play if you are happen to be one of these teams that has both, which would not be uncommon. So for our standard leagues, I would suspect that we would go more towards Marquez Valdez scantling in this scenario. And I do have him ranked as my 30th receiver overall for four standard scoring leagues and while I have Allison here as my number 54 now the big thing for that is it's already come out and said that Scantling's going to be the starter on the opposite side of Vontae Adams so he's going to get he's going to get more snaps he's going to get more opportunities when this is an offense that may go more two receiver sets more often than it had in the past it's still going to be predominantly a three receiver offense let's not get it twisted but Matt LaFleur is going to be bringing over some of the stuff that he did in Tennessee, which is utilizing the tight ends a little bit more, trying to get a couple extra blockers in to be able to utilize the running game a little bit more. So I think we're going to see some of that here in today's game, at least in the first half. In the second half, I think all bets will be off if the offense isn't going right. and Aaron Rodgers might just take over. So that, that that's one thing there. But I do have scaling projected for about 7.4 points here while I have Allison here uh, all the way down at 53 just lost him here for one second. 
uh, 54, excuse me. I have him for 5.63 points. Now, if you're in half point, if you're in a full point, it's a little bit of a different scenario because keep in mind, Allison's going to be running the slot. So he's going to get those extra targets. He's going to get those over the middle, uh, shorter range. Scantling's going to be more of a long, deep threat, and we know this, and it's playing against the Bears. With the Bears... They don't have the greatest secondary in the world. Now, they're going to have a very good front seven. This is true. They're going to put pressure on Aaron Rodgers, which means the ball is going to have to come out of his hands a little bit quicker than it normally would have to. But this is a secondary that is, I believe, overachieved a season ago. This is a defense that will not be as good with Chuck Pagano calling the plays as it was with Vic Fangio. I think the last time we've seen Chuck Pagano actually call plays with the Colts, and while they didn't have nearly as much talent as the Bears, that is true, they weren't really... He hasn't been impressive in a long time. Really hasn't been impressive since he's been on the Ravens, and that could be having more to do with the organization of the Ravens than it would for Chuck Magano. Let's be real at this point. Scantling, I have him as a guy you're not playing at all in a half point or full point PPR league. I have him 68 and 69 in half point and full point PPR. I'm not. I'm not going to touch him. Basically, is what I'm saying to you. So in those scoring formats, I do look more towards Allison because I expect him to get a little bit more of a target share, expecting to get a little bit more over the middle. He just may not get as many yards. He may not be in a position to get you as much potential for a touchdown. But I do have Allison ranked ahead of Marquez Valdez-Scantling when it comes to those type of leagues. So just keep in mind, as far as those guys go, hopefully if you're in you know, a normal 10-12 team league, you're not in a position to have to play either one of them until at least seeing how the offense is going to work. I do believe one of these guys will emerge at some point to be a viable flex play for you week in and week out, but we're going to have to kind of wait and see who that winds up truly being once we kind of get more into the season. Tonight will be a big gauge for that. No injuries to talk about for the Green Bay Packers, thankfully. So on the other side, we have the Chicago Bears. Now, the Chicago Bears here are, they have a lot of pretty much no-brainers as well, right? Uh, Mitchell Trubisky is a streaming quarterback. So you're only playing him if you completely punted on the position and you waited to like the 14th, 15th round to go ahead and take a quarterback. Otherwise, this is a decent matchup for him. This is not a great Green Bay defense, but this is a Green Bay defense that I expect made some improvements over the offseason. I expect that their young corners, their young secondary, to develop a little bit this season. So I think this could be an interesting little matchup. We know he's going to run a little bit, but he doesn't necessarily have a a big ceiling this year, uh, or a big ceiling this week, I should say, in particular. And with Mitchell Trubisky, I'm trying to look here. He has I have him ranked 20th. Uh, at the quarterback position for week one. So it's, just, it's not somebody who we want to go with. If you're looking for streaming options, there's a lot better ones I think you could go with of guys who didn't get drafted. Jimmy Garoppolo, I have at 17th. I think he has a decent upside here against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, against that horrible defense and a game that could actually have quite a bit of scoring. If you're looking for another streamer here, you can maybe go Lamar Jackson if he wasn't drafted in your league, even though he, he was taken in most Um Philip, uh, not Philip Rivers, I'm sorry, Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is a guy here. I have him 13th overall this particular week. I do think it's going to be a hell of a game between the Falcons and the Minnesota Vikings, but he's also somebody I think is positioned to give you a much higher floor than Mitchell Trubisky in this week. So if you're looking for streaming quarterbacks, there are other options out there than going with Mitchell Trubisky. As far as the rest of the team goes... David Montgomery, Tyree Cohen, Mike Davis. This is going to be the big game where we get that that question mark answered as far as what can we expect the shakeup to be on the rotation. 
I suspect that all three of these guys are going to get used early on in the season, like for the whole first month of September. But what I will tell you is that at some point, David Montgomery is going to take this job. And when that happens, Mike Davis will be completely phased out. The question will be, does Tariq Cohen get phased out? Because David Montgomery is priming up to be a three-down back. Now, does that mean Tariq Cohen won't even be involved in the passing down on a regular basis? I don't know. It remains to be seen. He has been a very explosive playmaker for them. So it's hard for me to see him being completely phased out. But it may be to the point where you can't trust him playing him in redraft leagues on a week-to-week basis at all. Today's game... Today's game, honestly, if I can help it, I'm playing David Montgomery as a flex. Outside of that, I'm not playing anybody else, and I would prefer to bench David Montgomery too. Not because of the matchup, because it's a good matchup against the Green Bay Packers, but because this is a situation where I really would like to see one week of how this rotation plans on being, at least for the first beginning month of the season or so, until David Montgomery does take over. So that way you kind of know what to expect and how safe it is to play him. Now, David Montgomery was taking a lot of drafts in the fifth, sixth round. So that might put you in a position where he might be your RB2. He might have to be your flex play. And that's fine. I'm okay with playing David Montgomery uh, tonight. But if I can help it, if I have other options, I may just want to have that question answered before I go ahead and plug him in there. Receiver position, you're starting Allen Robinson. Outside of that, I'm not starting anybody else in the Bears. Anthony Miller missed a lot of practice. He is supposed to play, but I'm not so sure what his role is going to be. And on top of that, Taylor Gabriel, I'm not so sure what his role is going to be. So I'm only playing Allen Robinson here. I'm not really worried about anything else on the Bears when it comes to the receiver position. Hopefully you don't have to play any one of those guys. For the tight end position, this is where we have to talk about a little bit of injury news. Trey Burton is expected to be a game-time decision tonight. He has been limited in practice, so at least he has been able to do something on the field leading up into this game, but is dealing with a groin injury that supposedly is different from the sports hernia injury that he had back in the spring. Now, it could be an injury that he has been compensating for as a result. I don't like it. Look, when you're talking about groin injuries especially, they can be particularly tricky. And it's not something that I want to touch. If I can help it, I'm not playing Trey Burton in tonight's game, even if they wind up suiting him up, because I think he's going to be someone who has a very high risk of re-injury throughout this game. So I'm not going to touch Trey Burton. I want to see him get healthy first before I have him playing in my tight end lineups, if you have the position to do so. Now, if you're like, hey, Dan, I don't have any other tight ends to really go to, there's a couple out there this week that I think would not be bad to play. Noah Fant, TJ Hawkinson, some guys who didn't get drafted as particularly week who have very good matchups Fant playing the Raiders Hawkinson playing the Cardinals uh, so you have a couple of guys like that just keep your kind of keep your eye out in the waiver wire I've been surprised with some of the names that I've seen out there I've seen Mark Andrews kind of out there quite a bit if Mark Andrews is out there you should pick him up right away because he's going to be a tight end you're going to want to start every single week for the entire season I can't believe how many leagues I've seen him be undrafted uh, really shocking to me as well Jordan Reed While Jordan Reed has not yet been cleared from the concussion protocol, he did practice in a limited capacity yesterday, and we're going to talk about that game as well. But because of that, he should be ready to go for Sunday. It's usually the protocol. If you can practice any capacity on a Wednesday, you're usually on your way to being in the clear. I would play Jordan Reed this week. There's a lot of other options to go with over Trey Burton tonight and really risk him missing a good portion of this game or getting re-injured, an injury that I don't think he's really ready to come back from at this moment. The next game we're talking about on Sunday, our first 1 o'clock game that we're going to get into here is the Tennessee Titans and the Cleveland Browns. 
on the Titans, there's not a lot of fantasy value to talk about. You're not going to stream Marcus Mariota. You're going to play Derrick Henry because he's probably going to be your RB2. Against Cleveland, it's not necessarily a bad matchup, but I do worry quite a bit about Derrick Henry in this matchup. And this matchup is a good a good example uh, size for you to see what this season could be like for the Tennessee Titans because this is a game in which I expect the Browns to win handedly. Now, what happens in that situation, though? If the Titans are down 14 points, how much does Derrick Henry play? Because Deion Lewis is still the number one pass catcher there. Deion Lewis is still going to have that role when they have to go to the passing game. He's still going to be the guy they go to in two-minute drills. So what happens in a game if they come down 14 to nothing early on in that game? Does Derrick Henry get to still have his carries that you need him to have? Because you need Derrick Henry to get 18 to 20 carries in order for him to get you the production that you're hoping for when you drafted him. He's a volume-based guy, and there's going to be a lot of game scripts this year where I believe it's not going to favor him. A lot of situations where it will not. It's why I was big on Deion Lewis being a sleeper this year, especially in half-point and full-point PPR leagues. And believe it or not, I think Deion Lewis is a sneaky little flex play this week if you have to go that route. Maybe you have Melvin Gordon. Maybe you had LaShawn McCoy. Whatever the case may be, there's plenty of situations that I've seen out there where you're kind of stuck in that flex situation in a half point, a full point PPR league, where Deion Lewis could have some value for you. I expect them to have to check down the ball quite a bit this game. I expect them to have to throw and get off their game script. So that's something to kind of keep in mind. That's why I think Derrick Henry's potential ceiling really could be hindered, especially in this week going up against that high-powered offense. And remember, Cleveland's defense has vastly improved in its own right as well. Corey Davis, I don't want to start Corey Davis. I told you guys going into the season, I don't want to draft Corey Davis for this reason. There's a lot of games where I'm not going to want to play him. I don't want to play him against Denzel Ward with Marcus Mariota throwing the football, with Adam Hum- with A.J. Brown just coming back off an of injury as the other rookie starting wide receiver, Adam Humphreys in the slot. I don't want to play Corey Davis. At all. I don't really, I don't want to play any of the Tennessee Titan wide receivers if I can help it. Adam Humphreys might have some value to you in a full point PPR league because of what I laid out with the running back situation, which is I expect the Tennessee Titans to have to throw quite a bit in this game. So there's a chance that he could wind up being a sneaky little wide receiver three flex play here because he might get some high volume in this game just out of necessity. But that would be about it. And even then, you're taking the chance, you're rolling the dice on Tennessee getting blown out because that's kind of what you would have to have happen in order to even get that floor out of Adam Humphreys. And that's what you're shooting for because there's not really much of a ceiling there either. If I can help it, I'm avoiding them altogether. Obviously, if you're playing one, you're going to play Corey Davis. Tight end situation is a different scenario. If you have Delaney Walker, go ahead and play him. I mean, you draft him to be your tight end one anyway. He's very good chance he could wind up being the number one pass catcher for the Tennessee Titans, not just this week, but maybe all season long. But particularly this week, I think he is the one guy in their pass catching group that has the better matchup, has the better chance to be effective in this game against the Cleveland Browns. So you're playing Delaney Walker. You're not thinking too much of it. Very good chance he winds up being a tight end one for you. Other than Henry, which we talked about a little bit, he did have a calf injury, but he's practiced the last two weeks. It's nothing to be concerned of as of this moment. And there's really no other injuries to talk about when it comes to the Tennessee Titans. We just have to see with their new offensive coordinator, Arthur Smith, does he run anything different or is this going to be the same old, same old? And I think it will be. And that's going to be bad for everybody involved if you have any shares of the Titans. Hopefully you don't. Cleveland Browns, on the other side, uh, yeah, it's fantasy football galore. 
While the Titans don't have a terrible defense, it's not a very stout defense at the same time, and I don't look at Mike Rabel in the same light as a Bill Belichick when it comes to game planning and scheming. Uh, they're going to be able to get their points. You're playing Baker Mayfield. You draft him as QB1. I, I can check real quick for you guys here exactly as to where I have him, and I have him as uh, QB5 this week. So I told, I expect him to be in the top five quarterbacks this particular week against the Tennessee Titans. I don't see any reason why he's not. You're going to have Odell Beckham back. Yes, he's coming off the hit pointer injury, but they've kind of been cautious with him up until this point anyway, but he's been in practice, so that part doesn't matter. Nick Chubb is going to run. I actually have Nick Chubb in standard leagues as my number one running back. and half point, he's my number two. At full point, he's actually my number two this week as well. He's just going to get so much volume. Dontrell Hillard is going to be an afterthought. I mean, he's only going to come in to give Nick Chubb a break here and there. I expect the Cleveland Browns to be up in this game. I expect them to be able to run the football. I expect Nick Chubb to be more involved in the passing game than everybody wants to seem to give him credit for as well. And when it comes to workhorse backs going into week one, Nick Chubb is the epitome of that definition. He is that guy. So that's who you want to go with. I love Nick Chubb this week. It's it's not necessarily like the best plus matchup in the world, but it's a good matchup and it's a situation where he's just going to get a ton of work. Odell Beckham, you're playing him, obviously. No thing to worry about. Talked about the injury. He's good to go. Jarvis Landry, I like a lot in this matchup as well, too. The only guy I'm probably going to stay away from is Richard Higgins, and, and I'm also going to stay away from David Njoku. I'm going to stay away from him all season long. He's one of my biggest busts at the tight end position. I don't think they're going to throw the ball to the tight end all that often and utilize him. I don't think they're going to utilize him that much in the red zone. I think you have a lot of different options you can go to. You can go to Beckham. Jarvis Landry's proven to be efficient in the red zone. Nick Chubb's great in the red zone. So there's just a lot of options there. He's so far down the food chain where you kind of have to hope Cleveland does the Kansas City thing where they're putting up so many points, 35, 42, even in the 50s, and only in that scenario can everyone get theirs. And the pecking order, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be Chubb, Beckham, Landry, and then we'll see after that. So I don't if you draft in David Njoku to play him as your tight end one, you probably have to play him, but hopefully you have a better option or hopefully listening to this show, you didn't draft him in the first place cuz I don't really trust what kind of volume he's going to get in this matchup. Moving on to another lopsided game, or what should be a lopsided game would be the Baltimore Ravens and the Miami Dolphins. I love Baltimore. I Lamar Jackson has one of the highest floors that you could possibly want out of a quarterback, he you can play him week one. If you drafted two quarterbacks, even if you punted the position, you just took Lamar late, week one will make you look smart. You can go ahead and play him. He's going to get you at least 18 points. There's no doubt about it. And if he gives you anything in the passing game on top of his legs, you could be looking at a guy who's has potential to be in the top five for this particular week against Miami Dolphins. This is a terrible defense. This is a team that just made it perfectly clear with their Laramie Tunsil trade that they are punting on this season. They are completely tanking. That is very obvious. I don't I don't know if it's ever been more obvious that an NFL team was tanking outside of Cleveland Browns and what the Miami Dolphins have done leading up into this week one. It's 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 gonna be over. So I love Lamar Jackson. I love Mark Ingram. There's a news alert that just came out talking about Greg Roman saying, oh, well, Mark Ingram is a starter, but we're going to go with the hot hand approach. Don't buy that. I Look, I'm a 49ers fan. 
I was there when we had Frank Gore and we drafted LeMichael James and we were looking for guys to pair up with Frank Gore with because he had already lost a step then and we were looking for a bit more of a playmaker. And what wound up happening? Oh, Greg Roman just stuck with his veteran guy who was a starter as a workhorse. He didn't go with anybody else. There wasn't a change of pace. There wasn't a committee. Only guys came in to spell him every so often and if they had a special package in place. I expect that to be the same thing here in week one. Justice Hill might have a special package in place. Gus Edwards will come in to spell Mark Ingram. But the reason they brought Mark Ingram in is because he could play all three downs. They wouldn't be predictable. And he fits the Greg Roman type of running scheme, that power running scheme perfectly behind that offensive line. And on top of it, with him being the starter against the Miami Dolphins, who I expect to be terrible this week, especially against the run, especially against that physicality play. Yeah, Mark Ingram should have a great, great game. I have him in the top 10 of running backs in all scoring formats. Standard, half point, full point PPR, you name it. It does not matter. Mark Ingram is in my top 10 this week. I have him number 5 in standard leagues. I have him number 8 in half point PPR leagues. And I have him also in full point PPR leagues. I have him number 10. So I have him in my top 10 in all 3 leagues. He's going to have a big week this week. And there's nothing going to stop him. There's not. The Ravens, it will be a favorable game script all week long. There's nothing to worry about. Mark Ingram, I think, will be an RB1 for you this week. Not that you weren't going to not play him before, but that should pretty much emphasize what you're going to do this upcoming matchup, what you can expect out of him with your team built around him. As far as the wide receivers go, I'm not touching a Baltimore Ravens wide receiver. And apparently for week one, Chris Need, Chris Moore, they're going to be the starting wide receivers. Not Miles Borkin, not Marquise Brown. Now, with Marquise Brown, that makes sense. He missed a lot of practice due to injury. It's probably going to be a few weeks before he becomes a starter. He will eventually become that starter. Uh, and he will get some playing time in this game as well. But it's going to be a little while before he has anything of note before he can become a flyer, deep threat, flex guy to try to throw out there to try to get that bomb. He will get to that role eventually in the season, but it's not going to be in week one. It's probably not going to be for a little bit while. I'm just not touching a Baltimore Ravens wide receiver. There's really no reason to do so, no matter how deep your league is. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Tight end situation, I mentioned Mark Andrews a little bit. If he's available to you, pick him up. Most people did draft him, but Mark Andrews, I suspect, will have a big game this week. I have him in the top 10 of my tight ends in all three scoring formats. This is a great matchup with the Dolphins, but on top of it, I think Mark Andrews has a real 
chance to be the number one pass catcher this week and maybe the entire season for the Baltimore Ravens. He will definitely be the top pass catcher when it comes to the red zone. So I do think there's a very good chance Mark Andrews scores a touchdown, which is really all you need as a tight end become a tight end one. So I love him in this matchup in particular. On the Miami Dolphins side of the ball, I don't like anybody. I don't. I I like Kenyon Drake later on this year in half point and full point PPR leagues because he is going to be a pass catcher. I think they're going to have to check the ball down quite a bit because that offensive line is going to give, no matter who the quarterback is, no time to throw the ball. So I think on a volume base in those type of scoring formats, Kenyon Drake's going to have some value to you, but it's going to be very matchup based. And this is not a matchup that you want to play Kenyon Drake. Not against the Baltimore Ravens, who are going to be very, very good against the run still. This is still going to be a top five defense at the end of the day. Yes, they lost some pieces, but they also gained some pieces. And as long as Brandon Williams is healthy, which he is, that running game is always in the top five. Always. So, now we have, uh, we move on here to Devontae Parker. Now, Devontae Parker, this isn't going to match up for him either. You're playing against Jimmy Smith. Pretty much, I have to see what's going to go on with this Dolphins offense before I can dig into anybody. So that that's going to be the key right there. Um, oh, we got to stop real quick. I have, I have something we have to talk about right here, right now. Hold on, please. Breaking news. This is just coming across as we are recording the show, and I get to use my breaking news drop for the very first time, so that's exciting. But what's not exciting is the news that Antonio Brown may be getting suspended by the Raiders organization. Apparently yesterday there was an incident between Antonio Brown and the general manager, Mike Mayock, no doubt over the fine that they sent him for the couple of practices missed that he was you know, voiced as being displeased about. Uh, no doubt it had to do with that. And now, as a result, it is up in the air. The Raiders may be suspending Antonio Brown. That's all the details I have for you as of now. We don't know if they are definitely going to do that or what the suspension will include, if it would just be this week or if it will be more weeks to come. But we are going to have to keep our eyes on this because this could change a lot of things for week one for quite a few people, not just for the Raiders, but also for where guys fall as far as your fantasy teams go and rankings and wide receivers. And Tyrell Williams, just based on volume, might have just become a flex wide receiver three for this week because they're going to have to throw the ball to somebody and he would become the lead wide receiver. So if you have Antonio Brown, remember, that's the Monday night game. That's the late Monday night game as well between the Raiders and the Denver Broncos. So Hopefully, we're going to get more news later on today. And if that winds up being the case, of course, make sure you're following me at MDSFFshow on Twitter. And I will make sure I have you up to date. And I will be sure to be talking about whatever the updated status of this is tomorrow. But as of now, the Raiders may be planning to suspend Antonio Brown after the incident with Mike Mayock yesterday. Wow, that's that that's crazy. Uh, Antonio Brown has just been a train wreck all offseason long. Uh, someone just got to put. Someone's got to put him back on his meds. I I don't know why when he left Pittsburgh he decided he decided he didn't have to take crazy pills anymore. He was always a little loose in Pittsburgh, but now he seems to just be off the chain. Uh, and of course, it comes after he gets his big, you know, guaranteed money deal there with the Oakland Raiders. So uh, this is something we're gonna have to stay on top of. As now, like I said, from a fantasy perspective, Tyra Williams would definitely move way up my board to, just based on volume. I don't love the matchup against the Denver Broncos for Tyra Williams, but someone's going to have to get the ball. And Hunter Renfro might actually be a sleeper for full-point PPR leagues if this is the case as well because they're going to probably have to check down the ball quite a bit to someone. 
So it's definitely something we're going to have to keep in mind. If you have Antonio Brown, just make sure you're following me on Twitter. I'll get you up to date and there for getting you to know what you have to do. Now, on the flip side, I do know off the top of my head that Tyrell Williams is widely available in most platforms. I think he's more than 50% available right now, whether you play ESPN, NFL, Yahoo, you name it. Overall, he is available in more than 50% of leagues. So if you do have Antonio Brown, you might want to try to think of a way to pick him up. So at least if we don't find out news right away, you can have an option for that late Monday night game in case he does wind up getting suspended and we don't have the news come Sunday. So just keep that in mind. That would be my advice to you. So we'll get back to the preview here. We're talking about, we're talking about the Dolphins. We don't spend too much more time on the Dolphins. Don't play Devontae Park. Don't play a Dolphin. Don't play him against Baltimore Ravens. Let's see how this thing shakes out. Let's see how bad it could possibly get. The only two players I'm going to be thinking about playing all year long would be Kenyon Drake and Devontae Parker, and it's going to be very matchup-based. Just a quick note on them. Albert Wilson is expected to be the slot receiver, just so you're aware. And the other rookie, Preston Williams, might be the starter on the other outside, taking the Kenny Stills spot. He's been great in preseason. Somebody you kind of want to keep your eye on and just add to your waiver wire list as well. We're going to take a quick break right here. We're going to come back on the other side, and we're going to get into some more games on the 1 o'clock Sunday games here. Tired of spending hours upon hours on research for your drafts but still want the excitement of having something on the line while watching the game? Well, join the Thrive Fantasy app where they have streamlined the process for you to make it easy and fun to play along. Use promo code MDFF when you sign up with a $10 deposit and receive an additional $10 for free. Again, that's promo code MDFF. So on the other side here, we got the Atlanta Falcons and the Minnesota Vikings game to talk about. And this one has some heavy fantasy impact in it. Of course, you got Matt Ryan, who you're going to play. Of course, you have Devontae Freeman. Of course, you have Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. And even Mohamed Sanu may have low wide receiver four flex appeal in a PPR league possibly this week especially playing against the Vikings who do not have a very good slot corner but do have decent perimeter corners if Rhodes is up to snuff and Mike Hughes, uh, the rookie, well, sophomore player now coming back this season expected to play, he could have some. Austin Hooper was drafted by many to be a tight end one. I am not a big Austin Hooper guy myself, especially this week against a team that has safety help like a Hunter Smith who should be able to match up and take away Austin Hooper quite easily. I don't love this matchup for him. So if you can avoid playing him, I would. But I also wouldn't have drafted him as my tight end one to begin with. And I told you guys that. This is the guy who's just... he He's pretty much a benefactor of a very good offense that he may get leftovers because... You know, the team decides to stop covering him because there's so many other weapons that are more pressing for a team to game plan for. So you're basically hoping that your tight end gets points on accident. Because that's exact that's essentially how it happens for him to begin with. And I don't love playing those type of guys. And in this matchup against a team that actually has safeties who can cover the tight end, I really don't love it at all. There's not much to talk about there. We know Freeman is a high-end RB2, possibly RB1. Uh, Vikings defense, I expect in general to be much better than they were a season ago. So I don't think this is the greatest matchup of all. But Freeman's also in a position where we're going to get the first time to see him really be not necessarily a workhorse in the sense, but actually be the majority ball handler, not being on a series-by-series basis like he was with Tevin Coleman because it's not going to be quite that significant as far as the share load between him and Edo Smith. So you're going to play Devontae Freeman. And then Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, you play those guys. You do. 
I mean, unless you Calvin really, I could see a scenario in which you're heavy at receiver and maybe you have a bunch of guys who have really good matchups this year or really good matchups this week. Maybe I could see a scenario in which you could actually bench Calvin really if you're really deep at the position. But most likely you took Calvin really to be your wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three. And this isn't a matchup where I'm not going to play him. I'm not going to be afraid of it. So I'm playing all of my studs. On the Vikings, the same thing goes here too. Kirk Cousins, like I talked about, is one of my sleeper guys. I have him 13th overall, so I have him just outside my top 12, outside my top 10. So I have him as a high-end QB too, but one of my high-end streamers for this particular week because this is a game that while both defenses, I think, are better than people are expecting them to be, points are still going to be scored because the offenses are so good. Dalvin Cook, you play him, obviously. I mean, he's, he has the potential to be an RB1 this particular week. Adam Thielen, you're definitely going to play. Now, this is where we have a little bit more news. Stephon Diggs sat out practice yesterday on Wednesday uh, with a hamstring issue. This cropped up out of nowhere. We don't know exactly when he sustained the issue because leading up into Wednesday, there was no nothing suggesting or reporting that Stephon Diggs was having any kind of hamstring issues whatsoever. Hamstrings always suck no matter what the player is, especially for a wide receiver who uses his speed to get open and make plays. Diggs has a history of soft tissue problems. So I'm hoping they're just talking it up to a veteran day, but I do think it's a little disconcerting that he was the only Vikings player not to be on the practice field yesterday. So I do think there's something to keep an eye on here. We should get more reports as this day goes on and of course if you follow me on twitter i will have you up to date as soon as i get something that comes across my desk but having said all that if he's good to go if he's playing you play stefan Diggs. so there's nothing else to say there kyle rudolph i think he's going to be a guy who's just outside of my tight end ones for this particular week i have to wait and see how they're going to use these guys i think you're going to see a lot of two tight end sets between Rudolph and Irv Smith all season long. We'll get a chance to kind of see how that's going to break down this particular week. Keep Irv Smith on your watch list because this week could show you if they do go two tight end sets, is it Irv Smith who they have kind of splitting out and doing a lot of the pass catching while Kyle Rudolph maybe does a more blocking role. And also, you know, he's going to be a factor in the red zone, but maybe they free up Irv Smith a little bit more. It's something I want to keep my eye on. So, Nothing I'm going to play there. I don't really want to play Rudolph if I have any other choices. I'm not going to play Irv, and Irv Smith for sure. But it is a game in which I'm going to have an eye on that situation as far as what it could mean for the future. Our next game up, we have the Buffalo Bills and the New York Jets. And this is probably going to be one of the more snooze fests of this entire week one. Uh, it, this is a game where, you know, if you have fantasy guys in it, you'll watch. But if you don't, you're not. Like this is going to be one of those nine to seven, maybe fourteen to ten games. It's just going to be absolutely brutal. And as a result, you're not going to want to play a lot of guys. I'm not playing Josh Allen week one. You got to show me you can actually hit the broadside of a barn before I have any faith in playing you. I don't care about his rushing ability. Yes, he could potentially have a floor as a result. But with the Jets and the way they're running their defense with Greg Williams, the way they're blitzing, I don't think he's going to have a lot of opportunities to take off in this particular game. He's going to be forced to throw. And that's definitely not a good recipe for Josh Allen. So I'm not going to play him this week. He's not going to give me an easy feeling. I don't feel like I get the floor that you expect to have with a guy who runs as much as he does. They've already come out and talked about 
the running backs being a three running back committee this week for the Buffalo Bills. So that means Devin Singletary does not automatically become the starter. Uh, maybe at some point this season he will, but it won't be this week. And that means Frank Gore is going to mix in. That means TJ Yeldon's most likely going to have the passing down work because Devin Singletary is not a pass catcher and neither is Frank Gore at this point in his career. So there's going to be a three-headed monster there, therefore pretty much rendering everyone in this backfield useless this week. I'm not touching any of them. Obviously, I'm not going to touch any of the receivers either. Not touching John Brown. Your only hope with John Brown is that it only takes one play, but you're going to be sitting there the entire game hoping and praying for that one play. I'm not touching John Brown in any circumstances. Or the tight ends. On the Jets side of the ball, I actually have players who I will play. I'll play Le'Veon Bell, and I'll play Jamison Crowder. I'm not going to play Robbie Anderson. He's dealing with a calf injury. He's expected to play as of now. But for a guy who leans on his speed, who's going to be banged up, playing against a really good corner in white on the Buffalo Bills side, I'm not. Gonna, I'm going to find every reason in the world not to play Robbie Anderson. And this is one of the reasons why he was one of my busts leading into the season, and why I told you guys let someone else make that mistake and not draft him. The only guy I'm looking at Crowder in a full point PPR league only. I do think he has some flex appeal in this matchup, being that he has the best matchup going against the Bills outside, you know, Robbie Anderson, Quincy Anunua taking on the outside corners. The slot the slot corner is susceptible when you're playing against the Bills. So Jameson Crowder, it's going to be a game in which I suspect Sam Darnold will be under pressure quite a bit. I think he's going to have to check the ball down a lot, which is why I think Le'Veon Bell gets quite a few touches in the passing game. And I think Jameson Crowder is a guy who could possibly get you five to seven catches this week which means he could be a flex appeal for you in a full-point PPR league. That's the only scenario. I'm not playing him standard. I'm not even going to play him in half-point. Full-point PPR, if you're stuck in a jam, I think Crowder does have some value for this particular week. And, of course, you're, you know, Le'Veon Bell, like I said, where you're playing him. But that's it. Not playing Sam Darnold, not playing any other tight ends. The only other thing I would think about here is maybe the defenses. You want, if you're looking to stream defenses, the Bills defense against the Jets, the Jets defense against the Bills, I don't think you can go wrong with either one. Uh, as part of my start sick questions later on in this show, we're actually going to talk about that a little bit. So we're going to get to that later on. Our next matchup, we have the Redskins and the Eagles. Touched on this a little bit when I talked about Jordan Reed. but So at the end of the day, Darius Geis is expected to be the starter. Jay Gruden has come out and said he's going to be the guy who the, he handles the workload as far as the carries go. It's going to go through him. So obviously you're not playing AP. You're not going to play Darius Geis either. You're not going to play. First of all, the Eagles were one of the worst matchups to have to play your running back against all of last season. Their defense has only gotten better this season, first and foremost. So I don't love it. The offensive line doesn't have Trent Williams. It's a really bad offensive line. Darius Geis, this will be his first actual NFL regular season action. I ain't going to play him this week. I got to see how that whole thing shakes out. The only player who in the backfield that I might play in a full point PPR league, maybe, would be Chris Thompson. Just on the fact that I think the Eagles are going to be able to put up points. I think the Redskins potentially get blown out in this ball game. And as a result, they may have to throw the ball more. And their extension of the running game when they have no success, because I don't expect them to have any, is going to have to be checking the ball down to Chris Thompson using screens, doing that nature. I mean, they don't have a lot of receivers as it is. Someone's going to have to catch the ball and make a play. I think their best bet might wind up being Chris Thompson on the checkdowns. And, you know, we're talking about Case Keenum starting, which Case Keenum's favorite thing to do is to check down the ball. So Chris Thompson might actually have some sneaky flex appeal in full-point PPR leagues this particular week. 
As far as receivers go, I'm not touching them. The only one I would think about, Trey Quinn, a full-point PBR league for the same reason, just volume and check down and short throws coming out of Case Keenum. But really, at the end of the day, I'm not even trying to touch a wide receiver. Jordan Reed, on the other hand, I talked about him a little bit. I think he will be clear from concussion protocol for Sunday's game. He very well might wind up being the number one pass catcher. Tight ends historically do kill the Eagles. I don't think that necessarily changes this season. And he still looked very explosive when he's out there on the field. Now, are you running the risk? If he takes one hit in the first quarter, you could be done the rest of the game? Yeah. But when you're talking about the tight end position anyway, I think he has just as much potential to be a tight end one as almost anybody this week. So I do think Jordan Reed is somebody who you can play in this matchup. On the Eagles side of the ball, start your studs. Carson Wentz, start him. Austin Je- Alshon Jeffrey, start him. Deshaun Jackson, I know he has the finger issue, but he is expected to play. And just nobody in that secondary in the Redskins has the speed to keep up with him. While I don't love it for a volume standpoint, obviously, because Deshaun Jackson's never been a volume type of wide receiver, I do see a scenario where he catches a bomb here. So wide receiver four type, if you want to take a flyer, play in DFS, I would think about Deshaun there. Zach Ertz, obviously, (coughs) excuse me, you play him. You play Zach Ertz. The only thing I don't know how much I want to get into is the running backs. I don't know. If I, I don't know if I want to play Jordan Howard or Miles Sanders. They're going. They've already come out. They said they're going to use a committee, which you know, no surprise there. But with Jordan Howard, he's expected to be the starter to at least in the beginning of the game. But who knows how many touches he's going to get? And the Redskins defense, I do think, is going to be very good as far as the front seven goes. I think this is one of those situations where you got to have to see how this shakes out. How much of a committee is it going to be between Howard and Sanders this week with Sproles getting the passing down work? How, how, how much, how even is it going to be? Or is it, does Miles Sanders still have a little more ways to go before he has a significant role or to the point where Jordan Howard's not playable as a flex? But I think you're going to actually have to sit back and wait and watch this week to kind of get a gauge on where they're really at as far as that rotation goes before you feel any confidence in playing any of the running backs for the Philadelphia Eagles. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. We're going to take a quick break right here, come back, wrap up the last few games that we have for our week one preview, and then get into our start sit questions. The MD's Fantasy Football Show is now partnered with the Unwrapped Sports Network. Unwrapped Sports Network has a top-notch sports blog covering all sports all the time with a team of talented writers. You can also visit their podcast page to listen to this show and several others covering multiple sports. Sign up for their newsletter and never miss a thing at UnwrappedSports.com. Again, that's UnwrappedSports.com. Our next matchup, we have the Rams and the Carolina Panthers. Also, a lot of great fantasy implications in this game, too. Now, obviously, for the Rams side, you start your guys. You're starting Jared Goff. You're starting Todd Gurley. You're starting Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. The only thing you're not starting is a tight end because they don't use a tight end enough. 
but you start your main guys. That that pretty much goes without saying. Now, what their their potential ceiling could possibly be this particular week will what remains to be seen. Carolina Panthers should have a pretty good fart four that can create a pass rush. So things at times could get a little bit interesting for Jared Goff. Having said that, though, they have a terrible secondary. They can't stay with any of these wide receivers. And I think this week we're going to see Todd Gurley prove to the world that, hey, guess what? My leg is still attached to my body. Yes, I am still the main workhorse back. Yes, I can still run explosively. Yes, I can still catch the ball. Yes, I am still a monster in the red zone. We're going to see all of that this particular week. And Todd Gurley could be the real factor in negating that pass rush for the Carolina Panthers. And we could really see a vintage Rams offense that we didn't get to see since the Kansas City Chiefs game last year before Todd Gurley got banged up. So I fully expect that to all take place here against the Carolina Panthers, even on the road in Carolina. No fears there whatsoever. So start all of your guys there for the Rams. On the Panther side of the ball, Cam Newton is expected to be good to go. The foot injury has subsided. He has been able to practice. So if you drafted Cam Newton to be your quarterback one, you go ahead and play him. Look, this is a situation where this game very easily could be a high-scoring game where the Panthers are going to have to try to keep up. Cam is going to run. I don't love Cam at all this year over a elongated part of the season because I do think he is at high risk of re-injury. I do think his shoulder is going to wear down as we go. And that's a big reason why I don't love any of the wide receivers for the Carolina Panthers. But Cam's still going to run. He's still going to try to be a playmaker. So for fantasy football purposes, he still has a good floor that you can count on, especially in matchups where they're going to have to find ways to score. Christian McCaffrey, he plays. Sky's the limit for him. He could be the RB1 this week. I have him inside the top five. I don't think there's anything else we have to go over there. The wide receivers. This is where it's going to get interesting because a lot of people are going to want to play DJ Moore and Carter Samuel this particular week because they're going against the Rams. And that's for multiple reasons. One, the first reason I point out, which is they're going to have to find ways to score points against this Rams offense. But two, people seem to really be harping on this idea that the Rams defense was really bad last year. And it wasn't great, but that was because Marcus Peters and Aqib Tlaib were banged up. Aqib Tlaib missed a large large portion of the season. Marcus Peters... While he played, was on the field, he was basically playing on one leg out there. These are still really good corners. And in Marcus Peters' case, it was a shutdown corner right before he came to the Rams and, and was a shutdown corner beginning of the season before he got hurt for the Rams. I expect him to bounce back this year. I don't think DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel are going to be able to get open very often against this team. They lean on their speed, and the Rams' defense is really fast. And you're playing against Wade Phillips, who's a hell of a guy, a hell of a schematic game planner as far as the defensive coordinator goes, who has all the pieces that he needs. This could very easily turn into a blowout because I don't think the Carolina Panthers are going to be able to keep up with them on the offensive side of the ball. So outside of Christian McCaffrey, outside of Cam Newton, I'm not starting anybody on the Panthers. Greg Olson, this is our chance to see what Greg Olson has left. He's available in a lot of leagues. If he looks decent, if he looks like he's still a main red zone threat for Cam Newton, and he looks like he's still very effective in those situations, then he's somebody who could be a top waiver wire pickup for the tight end position next week very easily. But we're going to want to wait and see how he's going to roll out. More importantly, not so much what his production is going to be this week, but how does he look? How do they use him? Is he on the field majority of the time? These are all questions that are going to need to be answered before we decide if Greg Olson's going to have any kind of fantasy value into this season. Now, in our next matchup here, 
we have the Kansas City Chiefs and the Jacksonville Jaguars. And this is actually the last game that we are going to preview in today's show. And then we'll get into the star sick questions. So the Chiefs, I mean, how much do you want me to go over here? Because, you know, Patrick Mahomes, play him. Tyreek Hill, play him. Sammy Watkins, I like him as a flex play. Wide receiver three. I think you can play him in this matchup. Yes, you're going against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes, I expect the Jaguars' defense to be much better than they were last season, more like what they were two seasons ago. A big reason for that is because of the guy named Josh Allen that they drafted in the first round, who is baby Cleo Mack all over again. That's exactly what he is. You saw in the preseason, the guy is a menace. He's in the backfield 24-7. He can line up anywhere on the field. I mean, I think his presence alone really helps boost the older veterans of that team and really helps all the pieces fall back into place for that Jaguars defense in general. Remember, they still have Jalen Ramsey. They still have Bouye on the other side. So this isn't going to be an easy matchup. And Ramsey is expected to shadow Tyreek Hill. Here's the thing about Ramsey. I love Ramsey. I think he is a true shutdown corner. Tyreek Hill is a different type of wide receiver, though. That's a lot of speed, a lot of quickness. Now, if Ramsey can get in his hip pocket and keep up with him, then yeah, because Tyreek Hill's not going to be able to jump over Jalen Ramsey to catch a 50-50 ball in this game. He's going to have to get actually open and get actual separation. But this is going to be a hell of a battle between what I expect to be a top defense and a top offense this year. It's going to be very interesting to watch. But you're playing all your guys. You can't not start Tyreek Hill. Travis Kelsey will be fine because the one thing, even when the Jacksonville Jaguars defense was really good two years ago, you could still attack them with a tight end. That hasn't changed. So you're going to be fine with Travis Kelsey. Not that even in a any given matchup you were thinking about benching him anyway. But we're talking about what their ceilings are. Running back goes, PPR leagues, I love Damian Williams. I still expect him to be the starter for this week. I think LaShawn McCoy is going to have to get brought in solely. I think McCoy will have a role this week, but it's not going to be anything significant yet. So I think Damian Williams will be the starter here. I don't love him in the standard leagues this particular week because I don't think his running style... And the way the Chiefs call plays is going to be conducive against this Jaguars defense. I know everyone wants to say, oh, Jaguars defense are terrible against the run. But if you remember back to last year, when I covered, when I, well, not when I covered, but when I previewed the Colts and Jaguar games, and Marlon Mack was on his big tear, I told you guys, I don't want to play Marlon Mack against the Jaguars. Because bigger, more physical backs are the ones that succeed against the Jaguars against their speed. Running backs that rely more on their speed and their quick cuts do not do as well against the Jacksonville Jaguars because they have the speed to match them. It's a similar situation here with Damian Williams. I don't think he's going to have a great game rushing the football. Receiving the football, however, I think he might be a safety blanket for him because I do expect the Jaguars to get a significant pass rush on Patrick Mahomes. I do think they are going to win the battle up front against the Kansas City Chiefs offensive line. So I do think Mahomes is going to have to dump it off Damian Williams quite a bit. So I'm still going to start Damian Williams, and I still like him for a good floor play this particular week. Maybe not so much upside, but a good floor play. On the Jaguars side of the ball, you're starting Leonard Fournette. Maybe I start D.D. Westbrook in a full-point PPR league, just because someone's going to have to catch the ball. They're probably going to have to find a way to score some points. It will be Westbrook. And Westbrook's going to be the only wide receiver in the Jacksonville Jaguars who I'm ever going to want to start in any scenario. And this is a matchup which you can do that, but still only in full-point PPR. He's not a touchdown guy. He's not a red zone guy, so standard it's out. Half point, he'll get some credit. He'll be a wide receiver, four, five. Full point PPR, he has a chance to be a higher end wide receiver, four. Maybe sneak his way into the wide receiver, three position if he's able to get a big play. And this would be the matchup in which I would do it. So 
If you want to play D.D. Westbrook on your team, hopefully you have better options. But if you're in a situation where you want to play him, this would be a matchup in which I would look to do so. And then, like I said, I'm starting Leonard Fournette. Chiefs don't have a very good defense. They sh- Jaguars should be able to run the ball this week. They're going to have to run the ball because their big plan is going to want to be trying to keep the offense off the field. And now Leonard Fournette is not so game script dependent. He's in a situation where he's going to be expected to be the bell cow, to be the three door, three workhorse, down workhorse back. So if they're in a position where they have to throw, Leonard Fournette's still going to be expected to be out in the field and getting dump offs this week as well. So I do love Leonard Fournette. He is an RB one for me in this matchup against Kansas City Chiefs. But that is it. I'm not even bothering with the West with the rest of the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're going to take a quick break right here. Come back on the other side. We're going to get into start sick questions and then we'll wrap up the show. The MD's Fantasy Football Show is proud to become a new member of Overtime Heroics. Overtime Heroics is a fantastic sports media platform for sports fans all around the world to come and participate in their extensive forums. And now with the merger of the Land Sports Network, the website will soon have great content available from extremely well-written articles to entertaining and informative podcasts from all sports for you to enjoy. All you have to do is register for free at OvertimeHeroics.com to participate. Again, that's OvertimeHeroics.com. Now, for those of you who might be new to the show, basically every single preview episode, which will be on Thursdays and Fridays, I always have a start sit question segment at the end. Now, you don't have to just ask me start sit questions. You can ask me any fantasy football-related question whatsoever, and I will help you with it. You'll have a chance to be on the show if you tweet at me, at MDSFFshow, or on Facebook, at MDFFshow, or if you contact me directly through email on the website, MDFFshow.com. And those are all the ways that, A, you'll get your question answered by me, whether I put your question on the show or not, but B, you can get your name shouted out and put it on, and I think that's pretty cool. But this is something that I will be doing every single preview episode on Thursday and Friday, just so you guys are aware if you are new to the show. And with that, our first question we have from Tomahawk from Twitter and from Overtime Heroics. That's the other part I actually want to get into. I'm also very active on the forum on the Overtime Heroics website in the redraft portion, especially during the morning. I will every week put out there, ask your questions for week one, you know, week two, week three, etc. And I will answer them there as well. And that will be another area where you can contact me and possibly get your question put on the show too. Just as a little extra accessibility of where I try to be active at. Like I said, predominantly in the mornings, but if you ask me a question on there, I will get to you at some point if you go on my thread. So Tomahawk from Overtime Heroics Forum, he asks, streaming defense, which one would you choose? Eagles, Bills, Jets, and streaming kicker, which one would you choose, Bagley or Brett Maher? So let's start with the defense. I do like the Redskins this week quite a bit. Um, I'm sorry, I like the Eagles against the Redskins this week quite a bit. I don't know how much offensively the Redskins are going to be able to do. However, I can see the Bills actually getting more turnovers this particular week. Uh, Sam Darnold is very prone to throwing interceptions. Uh, I think the Bills actually do legitimately have a decent defense. And I think they will frustrate them eventually. And I think they're going to get sacks. So... I do think the Bills defense is probably the way I would turn. If not the Bills, then I would go with the Eagles because I do think they're going to get quite about a, quite amount of opportunities to get sacks, possibly fumbles. The interceptions, look, Case Keenum is not going to take a lot of chances, so I don't know how many interceptions they could generate, which is why I kind of like more picks for the Bills against Sam Darnold. But the sacks, possible fumbles, I think they'll all be there for the Eagles. The Jets defense, 
while the Bills offense isn't very good by any stretch of the means and Allen is turnover prone, I don't believe they really have a truly good defense, as not not as much as those other two. So that's why I would go with the Bills defense. As far as the kicker goes, I don't get a lot of kicker questions, so it's kind of interesting. Um, I like Bagley a lot. I think they're going to be in a situation with the Colts where it's going to be a game that could possibly be a bit higher scoring. I could see the Chargers being that they're on the road, having a little bit more trouble punching it into the Reds than they normally would. I can see a couple more field goals. The Cowboys, I think, are going to dominate the Giants. So I think Mar has a decent floor, but they may score three touchdowns and call it a day, and he never gets a chance to kick a field goal. I could see that being a scenario. I think Bagley's definitely going to have an opportunity to kick at least two field goals along with a couple extra points. So I think Bagley's ceiling is a little higher this particular week. Plus, I like him a lot this season in general. So I would probably go Bagley over Brett Maher in this scenario. Trevor, for my email, he asked me in a standard league flex play, Damian Williams or David Montgomery? Well, I kind of talked about this a little bit today when I was going over the previews. It would be Damian Williams for me, even in a standard league. Like I said, with David Montgomery, I still want to see how the rotation is going to shake out before I have confidence playing him. And it may be a little bit while before he takes over. Damian Williams, as nothing else, has at least a decent floor. A, he's definitely a starting running back. He would only probably be splitting time with LaShawn McCoy to some degree, which won't be that significant, I believe, in week one. And he'll still be the main pass catcher in a matchup where I think they're going to have to dump the ball off more so than they would normally like to do and run more screens. So I do like Damian Williams in the flex play here over David Montgomery for you, Trevor. Marie from Twitter, she asks, half-point PPR flex spot, David Montgomery or Tyler Lockett? This is a no-brainer. To me, it's Tyler Lockett all the way. I love Tyler Lockett this season. I think for the first time in his career, he's in a situation where he could actually be a volume type of wide receiver. I love the fact that he's going to be playing the slot quite a bit for this team this season on top of being a big play fast guy who's going to get those opportunities as well. They're playing the Cincinnati Bengals. The matchups don't get much better than that when you're playing against that defense in particular. Tyler Lockett has a hell of a ceiling this particular week. and I believe off the top of my head without looking at my rankings in front of me, I have him as my number seven receiver overall for this week uh, as a result. So I actually have him as a wide receiver one for this particular week. So I'm definitely playing Tyler Lockett over uh, David Montgomery there. That's going to do it for the show. I hope you guys all enjoyed it. That's the first preview show of the season in the books. We are going to be back tomorrow with the week one preview part two, which will go over the four o'clock, the Sunday night and the Monday night games, along with updates on the injury reports and now updates on what the Antonio Brown situation might be holding too. So make sure you check me out on Twitter at MDSFF show, Facebook at MDFF show and on the website, MDFFshow.com. You can check me out on any one of my networks, Overtime Heroics, Belly Up Sports, Unwrap Sports, doing great work over there all season long. The announcement that I want to make is that I'm actually going to be available to you on Sportscaster soon. If you haven't, if you don't know about Sportscaster, go check it out, sportscaster.com. It's a great a way for me to talk to you guys via video. So I'm going to be doing videos for you guys. My plan is to do at least two videos uh, a week. We'll see if it winds up being more than that. But my plan is throughout most of the season, it's going to be a waiver wire segment and an injury report 
This particular week, I'm actually going to talk about rankings and an injury report tomorrow. So later on today, if you're listening to this podcast today, later on today, sometime this afternoon, I plan on having a video where I'm going to talk about some of my top 10 as far as the running backs and receivers and quarterbacks and tight ends go for this particular week. So keep your eye out for that. I'll be doing that later on and tomorrow I'll be doing an updated injury report preview type of deal going into Sunday. But that is something that's going to be a regular thing on this show or for this show. So go to Sportscaster, follow me along there. It's going to be very exciting to get to see me on video with some quick tidbits, some stuff that we'll talk about in the podcast, but we'll have some extra information because I'll do more of my rankings and projections on those clips as well. So can't wait. A lot of exciting stuff to get to this year. Make sure you check out the rankings on the website, and I will see you guys tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 